Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. So good to have you back with us uh, on Liberty and the Law. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And today, Attorney James Dore and I will be talking about uh, sentencing alternatives and uh, that might be used to replace uh, the need to serve jail time in certain criminal cases. Now, if you've been with us in the past, you know that uh, Jim Dore is a highly regarded criminal defense attorney at LaBelle Law. He provides great insight into the criminal defense process. And uh, as always, we learn a great deal when uh, he stops by for conversation. So let's get right to it. Good afternoon, Jim. Thanks for being here today. Hey, Jim. It's great to be back on the show today. I'm looking forward to today's topic. It's a good one. It certainly is. So to start off, um, you know, I, I guess we have to expect that as a criminal defense attorney, uh, despite your best efforts, in some cases your clients will be found guilty or perhaps even plea that way. Uh, while you work hard as an attorney to prevent that, uh, is part of your job also then to keep sentencing to a minimum in cases which guilt is acknowledged or found? Exactly, Jim. I, I look at my role as uh, as a defense attorney as limiting the damage, really limiting the impact the criminal justice system has upon my client. So limiting the damage is part of that. Um, and a, a lot of times clients will ask me, you know, what's going to happen? Um, and they're thinking about jail time. Um, but sometimes there's something short of jail time or that, that range between, say, contact with police that results in no charging at all and then lengthy incarceration, say, on the other end of the scale. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a big, you know, uh, possible range of penalties and sentences the judge can look at it in, in between there. So I think it's important to consider, you know, sometimes short of incarceration or short of jail time, um, other things can be uh, sentenced by the court. Mm-hmm. And you, you talk about you know the, what the judge may or may not do in those situations, things they look at. T- just talk briefly about the sentencing process. What, when does it take place? What, what goes into the consideration in terms of when a sentence is determined? Sure. Uh, well, sentencing can come about in, in one or two ways. One, upon a plea of guilty uh, in front of the, the, the judge, uh, or a second would be upon a finding of guilt. Now, if there's a plea of guilty, um, there's sometimes a negotiated plea worked out with the prosecutors ahead of time. So the defense attorney, the prosecutor, the defendant himself would know what the, the probable sentence is likely to be because there's an agreement in place. Um, but other times where, say, either a judge makes a finding of guilty or there's a, a plea of guilty entered in front of that judge without any agreement with the prosecutor, then the, the sentence is entirely up to the, to the judge in that in that. Uh, case. So the, the judge will be considering certain factors in mitigation and aggravation in determining a proper sentence. And are there specific guidelines that they need to follow when making those determinations? Well, by statute, the judge does have to look at certain mitigating and, and, and uh, aggravating factors. Aggravating factors, some obvious ones would be prior criminal uh, charges or contact with the criminal justice system. Um, and the judge is also looking to protect the public at large, while still at the same time tailoring a sentence that meets, uh, you know, certain goals of society, say, of rehabilitation uh, or punishment. Those would also be considered by the judge. Okay. 
and and you find that in and again cases very very you know extensively based on on the charges and past history and, and such but you mentioned alternatives do you find that the court would generally like to find an alternative to to jail time in many cases um like in some cases sometimes it's just maybe something we want to call it the judge's attention to in fashioning a proper sentence so say um Jail time may not be appropriate for a certain client of mine. Let's say he would lose his job if faced with a, uh, you know, a 60-day sentence or something like that, okay? Um, I, I could bring that to the judge's attention, and the judge could say, okay, there's an alternative to jail. And it's just one, one example would be SWAP, Sheriff's Work Alternative Program. Well, that's an, an alternative to jail specifically designed uh, by the county to help alleviate with crowding, and help um, you know, certain people in society who would lose jobs like this. So they, they instead of sentencing to jail, the judge would sentence to a, a work alternative, sheriff's work alternative program, where uh, a defendant would serve a certain numbers a day, a number of days working for the sheriff's department and doing you know, whatever they need done, say washing squad cars or picking up garbage on the side of the road, things like that. So there's a, a number of different alternatives that, that I've come across, and I'm sure you're very familiar with. Let's let's walk through a few of them and, and talk about what these different uh, sentencing options are. I think the the ones I'm most familiar with, at least in terms of hearing about frequently, frequently would be uh, probation and community service. Are those are those two of the top uh, in terms of uh, common uh, alternatives that that you run across? I guess yeah. In terms of frequent flyer miles, those are pretty popular. Um, <laughs> But they are, and they're commonly known, uh, and, and it does, probation in, in many circumstances would help somebody avoid a lengthy uh, incarceration or even a, a jail sentence. So um, rules of probation would go would go along with that. A counties, uh, each county is a little bit different in how they, they run their probation departments, but essentially you would be assigned a probation officer, and your probation would have certain conditions. Um Say uh, somebody could have to have drug treatment or alcohol treatment or continue employment or, you know, any number of things, uh, have, have counseling done. So the judge would make sure that all the terms and conditions of probation are complied with. And if not, um, you know, that alternative jail stops being an alternative and then we're looking at jail. Mm-hmm. And what about community service? Is that an effective or op- uh, a reasonable option that you run across? And yeah, that, that that would be on the on the lower end, end of things as far as the uh, you know we're not facing a drastic uh, jail term, but um, mm-hmm. certain things do carry mandatory minimum hours of community service. Say, um, somebody driving on a suspended license could face uh, community service instead of swap or jail time. And in those terms, generally a, a, a judge will require. A certain amount of hours. Now, some could be mandated by the legislature, say 240 or 300 hours, or even up to 720 in some cases. Um, hmm. But the, the work would need to be done in a nonprofit organization. So any nonprofit um, could verify those hours having been completed. We're uh, we're talking with James Dward Lavelle Law today. Um, and he is with us for each edition of Liberty and the Law. Uh, he's got more than 20 years' experience uh, as a defense attorney. And through this podcast series, shares his knowledge and experiences with us. Um, he also shares that information by 
writing some periodic articles on, on various topics. You can find those at lavellelaw.com. Uh, and, and a look at that website or a Google search of James Dorr will provide plenty of information about him and, and his uh, background and achievements, and uh, it's worth taking a look to, to get some more background. We're talking today about alternative sentencing options. Um, what about various forms of, of counseling or, or classroom training uh, relative to certain offenses? Uh, are, are those things that might take the place of a jail sentence in some cases? Um, well, there could be uh, counseling, in, in, like I just brought up, in terms of alcohol treatment or drug treatment. Um, that, that's, a, that's a pretty common alternative to jail where you know, judges and, and legislatures have looked at the problem more as a term of society's problems or, or in a term of education and treatment rather than, than a jail or some, something that can be solved with jail time. So there are different types of probation. Um, where a person would, would be required to get drug treatment or alcohol treatment as part of that probation. Um, many times that is an alternative to jail because the society, like I said, does not view incarceration as the cure to what, what the underlying problem is. Mm-hmm. And in the past I've heard about, uh, I think we've all seen these uh, electronic monitors that uh, people wear in some cases. Now, is that used just to prevent people from either, you know, fleeing or or going out into public when when they're considered a risk? Or is that part of a option, a solution that might prevent jail time? Well, I, re- I hate to give you the lawyer answer if it depends, but it does depend <laughs> on, on certain things. Um, uh-huh. Somebody could be released uh, pre-trial on an electronic uh, monitoring bracelet in terms of, as a term of bail, make sure that person doesn't leave the jurisdiction until the case is completed. But other times, a person could be uh, sentenced to an electronic home monitoring device to be allowed to leave to go to work. So say they have a GPS device attached to it, and a person could go out to work during the work hours. A probation officer could monitor the device to make sure that person is where they're supposed to be. And then the person would check in back at the jail at the end of the day. Um, and another device is called a, a, a SRAM device that I can think of, um, and that's C, uh, S-C-R-A-M, um, and it's a, a device that tests for uh, alcohol. So say somebody released in a, a pre, you know, be, uh, as part of a bond would be asked to submit to a, a SRAM device, so a judge could be reassured by the fact, say, a, a DUI defendant is not uh, – you know, committing that same crime again while waiting for trial or waiting for the case to be mm-hmm. disposed of. So there's, there's there's a number of things that that could fit that bill of, you know, of a bracelet. But um, I think all of them, to some extent, are an alternative to to straight incarceration. And I came across a term that that I hadn't seen before. And, and if it's one you're familiar with, maybe just give us a quick description. But uh, I, I came across deferred prosecution. Um, I, I hadn't seen that before. What does that, what does that mean? Deferred prosecution is one of my favorite things as a defense attorney. And that's where a, a, a prosecutor, for whatever reason, is declining to prosecute a case. Okay? Um, sometimes deferred prosecution programs, they'll, they'll, the state's attorney's offices will actually have an official program. So, say, uh, Cook County has a retail theft uh, deterrent program where they have for young offenders with you know, very little background to say a first retail uh, theft incident where a small item was taken from a store. 
Well, that that uh, young adult would be asked to attend a class or a series of classes put on by the state's attorney's office, and upon completion, satisfactorily, the state's attorney's office can decline to prosecute or decide not to prosecute the charges. So they're deferring prosecution of the charges based upon completion of uh, their program. Um, and other other municipalities have similar uh, similar programs in place. And with maybe a minute or so we have left here today to talk about this, and we've certainly got a lot in so far. Um, you know, from a defendant point of view, obviously they're very much in your hands and, and your experience has to guide them. But as a defendant, is there anything they can or should do when they're dealing with the court system to uh, somehow help influence and, and maybe reduce their risk of having to go to jail through, as they go through the court and other processes? Well, I think the most important thing, whether or not a defendant has a, a private attorney or a public defender, I think the key is to be open and honest with their lawyer, to, to make sure the lawyer knows all the facts that can help or even hurt a case, because the ones that hurt, the, the defense attorney has to prepare for those, prepare for the prosecutor's arguments. At the same time, the, the prosecutor and judge should know the, the qualities of that defendant that, uh, you know, that point the should be pointed out to deserve some leniency. So be open and honest with your with your lawyer. Let the lawyer know all the facts, and let the lawyer bring those facts that can help you in a case, bring those up to the judge and the prosecutor. Well, we, we certainly got a lot in today, but I'm sure there's more questions, and people would uh, love to talk to you a little bit further about it. Uh, Attorney James Dorr, what's the best way for someone to get a hold of you if they had some follow-up questions and wanted to talk about some of these options? Jim, I'm, I'm available to talk anytime. Uh, best way to hold, get a hold of me at Lavelle Law. Uh, my direct number is 847-241-1798. Get a hold of me at Lavelle Law. I'd be happy to schedule an appointment or answer any question I can over the phone. Great. Well, we uh, certainly appreciate James Dorr being here with us today and look forward to our conversations on liberty and law each month as we get together. So uh, many thanks to him. And, of course, uh, we always appreciate all of you being here to listen and uh, be a part of the conversation. So we certainly look forward to having Jim Dore back with us soon to have uh, further conversation. And again, LavelleLaw.com or uh, follow up with uh, Jim directly as he suggested. Thank you for listening to this edition of Liberty and the Law. To learn more about defendants' rights, call attorney James Dore at 847-705-7555 or visit LavelleCriminalLaw.com.